You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. All right, uh, let me just read out a testimony somebody sent yesterday and he was particular. He said, in the spirit of thanksgiving, well, let me just read this one out because it, um, it sent it from outside the country. He said, in the spirit of thanksgiving and not being forgetful of what God has done, I thought it necessary to testify to the faithfulness of God before his people. Following the words of David in Psalm 22 verse 2, I will declare your name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. And that's a very scriptural practice and it's deeply spiritual. He said, during my NYSC, I decided I will pursue my graduate studies abroad via scholarship. I started the application process in 2020. I applied for several scholarships, including graduate assistantships in schools across US, the US, Canada, Europe, among others, but got rejected. During the 2020 planting and fasting program, I declared the three things I wanted to be done in 2021. In brackets, he put, all of which are already done. In 2021, I missed the rejections. I kept making the scholarship applications and kept confessing God's word that he gave me alongside my personal confession. I have said this, that on no occasion have I seen a person fail if when they are disappointed in the process, they continue worshiping. Do you get what I'm saying? Many people have gotten angry that the 30 days of planting didn't work and they will have dropped it. After I fasted, why did all these schools reject me? I remember during the praise fast in June and throughout the month, I gave thanks to God that I was already in Europe by December 2021. And to the glory of God, between July and September, I got three prestigious scholarship offers, two in Europe and one in South Africa. And he says, men and brethren, God is faithful. He can be trusted. And the word works. In conclusion, he's charging us, men and brethren, let us hold, all right, unswervingly to the hope we profess for who promised is faithful. And then he said, one of the best decisions I made in January 2019. So this person only spent one year in church. Okay. What? No, 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 I'm just saying. You know, new people that come, the, the old people, sometimes, you say we have heard this before. One of the best decisions I made in January 2019 was to become a full-fledged citizen of the TCN. Okay. It's a nation, so you're a citizen. And he says, thanks for the pragmatic teachings of faith. I've been extremely blessed. They are indeed insightful to my daily living. Also, I sincerely appreciate him. Oh, I didn't know. He said, I sincerely, I was asking what country he went to. Magnanimous heart in funding my travel ticket to Hungary. Actually, we paid his ticket to Hungary. I'd forgotten. All right. Okay. So those of you that are Jack Babi, <laughs> I thought, well, I've already this testimony, I said, but there's no problem. Okay. Somebody sent more to me. Pastor, please store up your confessions for those of us in different time zones. I said, when you were Jackman, you didn't know that you'll be, <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be in a different time zone. So I prayed the prayer. I said, go for the, uh, the Jackman prayer now. You want Nigerian anointing. <laughs> All right, then. All right, so this morning is Thanksgiving morning, all right? Happy Thanksgiving. Somebody greeted me. It's a, it's a good way to greet. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, so I'm going to be very brief so that you can um, 
get into the purpose of this meeting, which is to come and give thanks to God. And I want to share one concept, all right, about Thanksgiving here, just one. Uh, because we've talked so much about Thanksgiving, about praise, about joy. Uh, and I said, Lord, you know, what else can we say about this? And I want to speak on the subject of the forgetfulness of man. All right, I've termed it the forgetfulness of man. And I'll start with a story that was told by, in his book, The Key to Everything, Pastor Jack Hayford, who used to be, all right, now he's very old, he's in his 90s, used to be the general overseer of Foursquare Worldwide. And he told the story about when he was very young, all right, still living with his family and all of that. And he had an aunt, and he, they used to call her Aunt Margaret. And she was once a first lady of, like, maybe say, like um, a mayor, married to a mayor in the area. And she, they were wealthy and well-to-do people. And so Aunt Margaret came to visit um, them during Thanksgiving, the American Thanksgiving. And she, while they were there with his two siblings, uh, she made an offer to them. And what she said to them was that, I want you now to list out and tell me uh, every reason why you are grateful to God what he has done for you this year. And she said, made them an offer. For every one you list out, or you say, I will give you 50 cents. Now, this was in the 40s, the 40s, where he said 50 cents to a child was making the child a millionaire. All right, quote and unquote with his children because the value will be around about seven to ten dollars now. So you're telling somebody that just list out, all right, what you you your God has done for you, and for everyone you say will drop ten dollars. He said, funny enough, he choked. And he was trying to remember what God had done for him. That he froze. And the woman kept saying, say something, a 50 cent, but, uh, and they were struggling, struggling. Finally, he muzzled out four things and got two dollars. And he said he missed his opportunity to become a child millionaire, so to speak, all right, by that. But later on in life, he said he discovered that what happened to him was something that was embedded in the human nature. And he said this is the lesson that he learned, and he put it as a law. He said, our human capacity to receive, okay, our human capacity to receive, that our ability to receive is dysfunctional, all right, in direct proportion to our desperate need to get. WebEx started at the West Africa Faith Believers Convention, started in 2013. And the reason why we started it was at that particular point in time, I believed that some of the fundamentals that brought about um, the move of the spirit we have in this country and globally, and um, some of those um, teachings and principles were getting lost to the next generation. And so I, looking back, there were conferences back then in the 80s, like um, the camp meetings uh, that Kenneth Hagin used to hold in Tulsa, that were broadcast centers for these fundamental principles. So 
In prayer, we conceived it that let's have a conference where these fundamental principles were once again taught. So it started in 2013, and what we did was to call in on the first edition people who literally were in the vanguard of that movement in the country, and then uh, representatives of that from Tulsa. So we had people who were largely graduates of the Rema Bible School, United States of America, coming in from America. And then at the same time, we called in people who had been influenced by those teachings in Nigeria and had built their ministries and churches based on those fundamental things. So that's what, that's what um, the, the vision behind uh, the West Africa Faith Believers Convention at its inception was. Yeah, the conference has evolved over the years. Um, uh, what we've got to understand is that those principles we're talking about um, have been practiced and they are what you call the adaptation of those principles as people apply them to their lives. So those teachings in themselves, and they, they've developed, they've matured in the lives of people and in ministries. And so there has been some uh, evolving in that. Also, in order to, one of the things that we did not want to happen again is to almost create a sect. So what we want to do is to broaden uh, the, the, the reach of the meeting so that uh, there is a greater integration of um, the principles with uh, the body of Christ. One thing about, I learned about mercy was from a great man of God, F. F. Botsworth, and he said, Satan will go to any extent to promote God's ability, but obscure the compassion and the mercy of God. That nothing inspires faith more than people being taught about the mercy of God. God's willingness and eagerness to reach out to his people and to be a blessing unto them. And when we look through scriptures, we find out that the principal virtue we see, the reason why God acts and does certain things for man is because he's merciful unto him and it's his compassion, which is another word for mercy, that promotes. You see in several places in the scripture, and Jesus was moved with compassion, and Jesus was moved with compassion. So you want to have a move of God, you want to have a move of the Spirit, then get into mercy. And we find out when Jesus was on the earth, people crying out, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy. People are my, have mercy, have mercy. So there's a revelation of God's mercy that should come into the body of Christ in a very strong way, which will be the foundation uh, for signs, wonders, miracles, and diverse things that are happening in their life. And as F. F. Botswell said, he said, people understand God is able, they will argue with you, all right, about God's ability, and will stake everything on it that God is able to do something. But what they really have a problem with is whether God is willing to use that power to do that. And what Satan wants to do is to promote that ability, obscure his mercy, so that you have a concept of a God who is all-powerful but reluctant. So he's able, but then he now appears to have 
wicked streaks in him. That's what, all right, Satan wants to paint. It's just like saying that a man has the ability to lift a car off a child as the car is crushing the child. But he is reluctant to use that ability to lift the car even when he can see it happening and the child is crying. That gives you, all right, a picture of a very wicked person. And that's what Satan is trying to push into the earth, that he's not a true father. And so teaching on the subject of mercy will correct within the consciousness of people and bring about or correct that error, bring about a true image of God within them that will cause his power to flow within the lives of people. We're going to have a younger generation and we're going to have the older generation, all right? Uh, so uh, one of the things about Wabek, God told me, I think about a year or two after that, he says he wants that to be a meeting place where generations meet. So what I would just say now is that we have younger generation, all right? We have um, different speakers, um, Apostle Osai, Apostle Joshua Selman, um, we have speakers like Pastor Laurie Idahosa. We have Pastor Inkechi Ene. Uh, we have Pastor Andy Osakwe. We have, from, coming from America, Pastor Kion Henderson, Pastor John Hanna, uh, Dr. Creflo Dollar, Pastor Bill Winston, all right, a, a host of other ministers that will be uh, gracing. Uh, the occasion, Pastor Shola Falaladi from London, Pastor uh, Dele Oshumakinde will also be um, speaking. So we have younger, then we have the older generation of ministers, which I will announce shortly. Fundamentals of preparing for a meeting is that just follow the protocol of God. It says, how can they believe except they hear? How can they hear except there is a preacher? And how can the preacher preach except he is sent? Jesus said, were well, there not many widows in Zarephath? How come in Israel? How come it was only to the widow at Zarephath that Elijah was sent? In other words, a preacher has got to be sent to you in order for the anointing upon that person to have an impact upon your life. Let me repeat that again. Everybody can sit under preaching or meeting and expose themselves, but except the ministers are sent to you, you are not going to, all right, have a transformative effect in your own life from that anointing. You'll feel the anointing, you'll know there's an anointing, there'll be excitement, but the transformation will be there, which means the word from God you needed to hear and to receive, which will be the answer to your prayer, where you understand that the secrets of your heart are being made manifest, and the word is as a two-edged sword, piercing, speaking to you directly about decisions you should make, about things you should do, where it's like the minister is simply knows about your life and is speaking directly to you, having a conversation with you as the Holy Ghost. To get into that dimension, the minister has to be sent to you. Now, how do you get somebody sent to you? Take what you want to get out of the meeting to God. God, one, two, three. Now, we're going to have a card 
with those three things or the spaces to write the three things, which means these are the three major things I want God to do at this Warbeck. Now pray that to God. Ask him that this meeting, you want answers to your prayers. You want an impartation of grace, all right, for these particular things there. And you offer that prayer unto God and say, I understand that ministers are coming. Therefore, send them to me that they might speak directly to these three issues and other things you want me to know and understand or have imparted in my life. That's the way to prepare for the meeting. For me personally, you know, growing up as a Christian in school, opening up magazines and seeing people like Bishop Keith Butler, people like uh, Dr. Creflo Dollar, about different people that you see and read about, and then one day you see the same people walking through the doors, all right, uh, arriving and walking through the doors into the minister's lounge, the green room, and you shake their hands, and they tell you how, how much they want to be in this meeting, how they feel God's and you think back about the time where you used to look at them in magazines and all of that, and, and it does something to you as a person. That's for me, all right, on a personal level. I mean, I used to go as a young chap for meetings back then in Bado, and I would see uh, Bishop Francis Waleke, great distance, um, people like Pastor Matthew Shimalao, uh, Bishop David Oedepo, uh, Pastor Adibri, you see all of them great distance, and now you are hosting those people. So that does something for you as a person. All right, but more importantly for the people, um, we've had results of hearts of people. People came with their children who had holes in their hearts, completely closed. We've had cases of people, all right, who have had um, uh, diverse kinds of, of ailments that were supernaturally healed. Uh, we've had people talk about financial miracles and breakthroughs that they have had. I mean, there, there are a few of them that, of those miracles that, that really really, 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 really got to me. Uh, you know that you're on the right track in putting this meeting together. The data, 2nd of January, that Sunday starts in the evening at 5.30 p.m. Right, Sunday evening, 2nd of January, and to run through till 9th of January to close Sunday evening. All right, from the third, that's Monday, we'll have three sessions or three, it's the program will be two sessions in the morning, the start time is 9 a.m., two sessions in the afternoon, the start time is 1 p.m., two sessions in the evening, the start time is 5.30 p.m. All right, and then we'll go through, and on Sunday, January 9th, we'll have just the evening session and morning session in our services. Um, the venue of it, the fiscal venue, will be the Covenant Place at Igom. Uh, you can watch online if you just go to the Covenant Nation channel on YouTube, Facebook, uh, everywhere just uh, Covenant Radio channel. Just put in uh, the Covenant Nation and you'll be able to see it online, watch it online, experience it online. We'll also uh, try as much as possible to put it on DSTV, but we'll announce the exact channel where it will be on uh, shortly.
Open your year right in 2022, all right? Be at Wafbeck. Do everything within your own power prayerfully to get plugged into the meeting. It is going to be a very strong meeting. We are not just depending now just on the anointings of people to bring the grace of God into the meeting, but we have asked God to make the entire conference a demonstration of his mercy, that the conference itself reveals its name, which is the power of mercy, that the mercy of God should rest upon every single person that participates in that meeting. And that which mercy can do will be wrought in the lives of people um, from the 2nd to the 9th of January and for years and decades after that as people interact all right, with material concerning the meeting. So looking forward to seeing you on site or online. God bless you. When you become desperate about something and there's a desperation to get something, it actually tampers and, and affects your capacity to receive. Because you really want to have, you are not, you really want to have it. And that desperation to, to, to get something you need, all right, tampers with your capacity to receive. And he said, because after she gave him the $2 and walked away and there was no more pressure, he said, then he realized, he could have said, Father, I thank you for my nose, for my eyes, for my teeth, for my tongue. He said, he would have said it for my hair, for my knees, for my toes, that I slept, that I woke up, that I could cough, that I could smile, that I, he said the, his thing would just have been dropping until, and she was saying, she was going to wait. He could have been there for an hour and be making money per second. <laughs> he said, why didn't he remember when there was that pressure? Because there's that desperation. That's why the Bible says, enter into rest. Because when there, there's anxiety, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, once there's that desperation there, right, to get, it affects your capacity to receive. So he says the desperation to get money caused him to freeze. And then he said another law. We said this before this, well, put it here. Our capacity to receive is functional to our capacity to give. In other words, your capacity to receive works, all right, in the measure to which your own capacity to give. So if there is a reluctance, he said, to give, right, it will affect your own capacity, which means if you're only willing to give, all right, something that is very small part of it, it affects your capacity. And the law is found in Luke chapter 6. Now, why am I introducing this one of, of giving there? Because thanksgiving is a form of giving. Are you following what I'm saying? Thanks is called thanksgiving. All right? Which means you are giving something back to God. And your capacity to give that thing back to God, right, will determine your capacity to receive from God. And what happens is people get so desperate in a time of need that they forget, all right, about giving that thanks unto God that will determine many things in terms of receiving that thing. So let's put up Luke chapter 6, verse 38. All right? 
Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give to your bosom. And then there is the law. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So the measure you give determines what you receive. But what you receive can now be affected by the desperation to get. Now, so briefly, what I want to share. We're on a threshold here, about to go into a time of thanking God and, and praising him. And some of you here were called it a Thanksgiving service. Yes, you understand that it's in the Bible to give thanks. You understand that traditionally also, people in church can make the last Sunday or the first Sunday or the la first last Sunday of December or first Sunday of December or first Sunday of January or last Sunday of December or make any Sunday in December a Thanksgiving service. And so traditionally speaking, all right, you come to come and give thanks unto God. However, in all sincerity, you are going through things right now that when they say, or the way the year has shaped out for you, when they say that you should come and give thanks to God for the year and for the things that God has done in the year, you actually mentally find it difficult to appreciate, all right, why you should give thanks. Now, giving thanks is different from dancing to the music. It is different from singing a song you like. Giving thanks is something you offer up from your heart to God using a song or words or a dance to demonstrate a deep feeling in your heart of gratitude. And when people look around themselves and say, I do not have that feeling, all right, deep feeling of gratitude there, all right, to God, then it becomes difficult for them to actually participate spiritually in the giving of thanks. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.